Live from Miami, Florida, thefoodie.com presents WTF, Where's the Food? With your host, Nick. And what is up, my hungry friends out there? What's going on? It is Nick, and welcome to another episode of WTF, Where's the Food? This is episode number 19, and before we get this episode on the way, on the road, um, Happy South Beach Wine and Food Festival Week. If you're coming down to the South Florida area for the South Beach Wine and Food Festival Week, send me an email, nickatthefoodie.com, or send me a DM, whatever. I would love to meet you. Say hi, and welcome to this glorious city, this magical city called Miami. Um, So we got a great show for you uh, this week, and we'll get to it in one second. Lots of great information about South Beach Wine and Food Festival as well. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. It is The Foodie without the I. Or, of course, we got an amazing website, TheFoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com, or TheFoodie.com without the I. So, TheFoodie.com, episode rundown there, links, pictures, all the fun stuff on the website as well. We got a great rundown of some great events that you should attend if you're thinking about going to the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. Also, I spoke to Lee Schrager, the founder of the South Beach Wine and Food Festival last month. Going to replace some of the clips from the interview to kind of get you in the mood. And if you have any questions, maybe this will answer it. Some great information there as well. Of course, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. We are there for you. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, would love if you leave a review. Would love you forever so very excited this week big week down here in miami for the food world so episode number 19 gonna run it down for you right now we're gonna talk to chef richard placencia aka the ravenous chef now you're wondering why i'm gonna talk to him well he's competing at this year's burger bash and swine and wine as part of the south beach wine and food festival i want to pick his brain a little bit kind of get the process on how all this happens also going to talk to him about his new project the twisted fork kitchen and um i'm gonna try to find out um what he's actually making and how like what's the process like how many burgers do you got to go through how many uh, pork dishes do you got to go through to find the one like trial and error how do you know this is the one i'm going to pick his brain a little bit also going to do some food news if you love candy sugar factory has something for you if you love happy meals too mcdonald's about to uh, take some of it away and uh, so much more plus the james beard award nominations were released gonna break down the miami nominations for you and of course the food porn of the week this week from fluent in food at fluent in food and of course the cocktail of the week brought to you by my friends over at spirited miami if you haven't given a follow give them a follow right now at spirited miami so what do you say let's jump right into my conversation with chef richard placencia aka the ravenous chef In studio right now with Chef Richard Placencia. Is that what you go by? I go by. Or what, what's your street name? I know you have a street name. Um, most people might find me under Ravenous Chef. There you go, the Ravenous Chef. So before we kind of get into the whole thing, you're here for a reason. So this is South Beach Food and Wine Week right now. You're participating in some events later this week. But before we get into that, I want to talk some other stuff with you. So first, I want to know, Everything there is to know about you, like a background check. Put on the glove right now, and I want to know the background check on you. Uh, background check is a uh, <laughs> uh, Miami kid, uh, spent some time in the Navy, came back, and started cooking. And cooked for every place you should have cooked at along the way 20 years ago. <laughs> and uh, 
eventually eventually just kept cooking. Were you were you in the were you in the navy to be in the navy or were you like a chef there or No, I was in the navy to kind of be a reactor operator and okay. torpedo man um or as I like to call it didn't know what I wanted to do with life and so the navy seemed like a good idea. And that first day boot camp, I really thought to myself, I want to go back to school. And this is my work. I want to work really hard this time. <laughs> and so I got out and uh well, actually, back up. So in the navy when you first get to the boat, mm-hmm. submarine, I was on subs. Um, you could literally kill everybody when you get there. So they put you in the mess decks. So it's called cranking. Like you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're just doing every nasty job imaginable. But I realized that the uh, the cooks took care of you. You ate a little bit better than the rest of the crew. And at 800 feet underwater, that, that's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just kind of started getting attracted to it at that point. Went out, got out uh, culinary school and, and never looked back. So that's when that at that moment is when you kind of decided, hey, maybe this cooking thing is really for me. That solidified it. As a kid, my dad would always tease me because I was always like baking something, cookies or muffins or something, and he would tease me, I'm going to buy you your own Dunkin' Donuts one day um, because that's just the way he is. <laughs> um, so it was always kind of there, but I, I never really connected the two. So uh, on the Navy, do you have a favorite meal that you made that you can remember that everybody loved? Cookies. Cookies. Yeah, cookies. Sugar underwater is a big deal. Everything <laughs> else is coming out of a can or a freezer. <laughs> Now, uh, so you left the Navy, and then what did you do? Uh, culinary school, and um, spent a couple months just getting my feet wet, and I was able to get my first job at the Billmore. Okay. And that's that was the place to work at, the, at that time. I mean, anybody who's anybody came down here to have their wedding there. And then you eventually ended up, I read, because, you know, your PR rep sent me a bunch of stuff, you know, whatever. She's supposed to do that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so you ended up at the Ritz-Carlton Key Biscayne, and the restaurant was named, like, top 50 in the country, right? Yeah. So we took a perfectly good four-diamond restaurant, and- Back then, diamonds were a big deal before Mission Stars. And a new GM came in and said, I want to gut it. I want something else. And so he took a perfectly good restaurant. We gutted it in like three days, and it opened up as Chopino. And that got a top 50 restaurant by Esquire Magazine in 2005. It's awesome. Now, just by looking at you, are a good-looking guy. You know, I consider myself a good-looking guy. And you were hashtag Man Crush Monday, right? Oh, wow, she put that in there, huh? Uh, she put <laughs> everything. And she, I, you know, I just, I skimmed it and I'm like, this is kind of good. This is not good. But I found this is kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, um, I was actually at Swine and Wine a couple of years ago and somebody sent me that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I did spend the rest of the night showing it to everybody. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess at the time it was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it was for E Online, uh, best Latino chefs to follow. Now, do you have, um, like all chefs, you guys have like um, a certain style of cooking. Um, what 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 would you say is your signature dish? Um, signature dish, at this point, it might be shrimp and grits. It might be burgers. Um, it's definitely not anything traditional. It's it's you know a Miami kid cooking grits, which he has no business doing that. But I will take my shrimp and grits and walk into any restaurant in New Orleans and throw it down. Wow. Now, if you had to pick a, a, a dish or a kind of food or uh, an ingredient that best describes you, what would it be? Um, something that came from a pig. From With, pig. Whether it be uh, a butt, whether it be ribs, whether it be pork short ribs, bacon, belly, something. Love of all things pig. Bacon. Something yeah. fatty. Something super fatty. <laughs> now, you got four kids. I don't know how you do it, but do you cook for them? I do. They they enjoy that. I didn't always cook for them because uh, I spent a lot of nights in, in coming the kitchen. Up mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Um, but when I started coming home more and cooking at home more, they were definitely happier. Are they picky eaters? They can be. Um, they're adventurous, they'll try something. 
at least once. So are you, do you see yourself making like four different dishes like when you do cook for them or it's like everybody's getting the same thing? There's one of those every <laughs> once in a while like, okay, we're going to play restaurant tonight. What do you want? And, you know, kind of like do short orders. Mm-hmm. But most of the time it's like you're eating this because I paid for it and I'm, <laughs> I'm in charge. What's the, what would you say if your kids were here right now, what would you say is the best, they would say is the best thing you make for them? Uh, venison bolognese. Venison? Yeah. Your kids eat venison? We do. We do because we, we eat what we harvest. That is, that's amazing, we'll, actually. We'll all go in the woods and we'll come back and they call it Bambi, but I mean, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's all food to me. I mean, because a lot of kids, you know, they grow up eating just chicken tenders and, and mac and cheese and they have no idea what venison is, you know? So that that's incredible that you can teach your kids to uh, eat what you harvest and, and grow up to eat that way, too. I mean, I, I've taken my kids to go pick out the pig for Noche Buena. And uh, they picked it out, and they named it. They named it Milkshake. And then Milkshake <laughs> came home with us, and we had it for Noche Buena. <laughs> milkshake, huh? Yeah. Now, um, you're right now chef and owner of the Twisted Fork Kitchen. That's correct, sir. And you guys, are you open yet? We are in the process of opening. We're getting really close. We've been behind, but it's it's actually there now. So so, so tell me, like, when this opens, it's going to be massive. What, what, what can people expect? Um, so we're opening up inside the Tank Brewing Company, so we have a massive space. Why the decision to open up in a brewery? Just curiosity. Um, something different. There are a lot of breweries popping up. None of them seem to really have any solid food or full kitchens available. Yeah, they have a food truck on site maybe. Right, and so I convinced somebody to let me open a kitchen there, and uh, it's massive, and we can feed anywhere from 50 to 600 people. That's how big the space is. And is your food, your menu going to be like be able to pair it easily with the beers? We'll have pairings. We'll have use of the beer in the menu. Um and just try to elevate what people would consider brewery food. Now, I don't know if you have the menu constructed yet, but um, what would you say is your favorite thing on the menu so far? I'm, I'm, are you going to have the shrimp and grits on the menu? Shrimp and grits will be on the menu, uh, guava soy short ribs, um, really just anything. I, I want you to be able to come. If you're in the mood for anything, I want to be in the conversation. Is there a favorite beer that the, the tank has that you know is just going to pair with every single dish you put out? Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank, what's it's, that? It's an imperial stout. It's uh, it's amazeballs. Like it is, it is one of the best stouts I've ever had in my life, and I love bracing with it. I love cooking with it. Uh, used to love drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> now, would you consider, like, let's say, you know, not saying it's not, but it's going to be super successful at the brewery. Would you consider taking it out of the brewery, leaving kind of like a smaller section of it, but opening up like in a bigger spot or like you know your own spot in a sense? I would absolutely consider that. I would, I would want something I think small, like thirty seats. Mm-hmm. Would you consider putting it in a food hall? I would. I would. I would consider putting it anywhere to expose people to it. So part of the reason you're here is the South Beach Wine and Food Festival is happening this week. You're participating and competing, right, in uh, both Burger Bash and Swine and Wine. Correct. Um, I did Burger Bash once before, but I'm, I'm coming back for, for some payback. For payback. So did you get close last time? Or you're um, not sure? I think we were close. Um, it was a little bit different setup. This is 2011. Um, oh, so you haven't been back since 2011? No, I did. Uh, I did Hamburger House Party last year, and we were very close there. Okay. Um, and we, talk about that later too. And uh, <laughs> I mean, there we beat what I consider the best burger. Um, so that was a good stepping stone. Um, but I'm going back to prove that we belong there. What a, what what kind of burger? I don't know if you want to give all the details out. Can we expect that burger bash? Um, I won't give you a lot of details, but I will tell you that. Um, Part of being there, we're, we're partnering with National Pork Board. Mm-hmm. So that means that I have unlimited uh, supplies of bacon, pork belly, and chorizo at my disposal. So I like it. We'll just leave it at that. Now, you guys all know what everybody's making, like 
until you get there, kind of. You walk around, right? Or you guys know ahead of time what everybody's No, doing. I mean, we'll, I'll stalk somebody's social media, mm-hmm. see maybe what they've done in the past. So is it something like, let's say you get there, someone has similar to what you're making. Would is there? Would you change it on the fly, like, or change an ingredient? It's probably almost impossible, but I would probably tell people, like, to come try mine so you can <laughs> see how it should be done. <laughs> okay, so what goes into, you get invited to compete what's like the process like how many trial and errors do you, did you go through before you knew that this was the dish that you want to make i probably went through three i kind of had an idea right away um i probably went through seven trials of the bread because we're actually making the bread for this one okay um and that's it i mean i i know what people want i know what will attract people like kind of yelling it at them as they pass by mm-hmm. through four thousand people yeah so we kind of went after those yeah, because I've been to those events plenty of times, and it's all meat sweats. And um, it's kind of like a show. you got to kind of give a show f- to attract people. And people go to lines, so you have a huge line, you're going to get the people. Yeah. You have a special show planned. Well, we got, <laughs> we got, we got some, some people coming to help attract. Some rowdy people. We can call them that. <laughs> uh, we have some people who are going to be passing out burgers in other people's lines. Now, do you – oh, smart. So do you think – I don't know, just a thought. Do you think that other people go through some trial and error just like you did or some people kind of just wing it like, you know, I'm just going to take the same burger I put out every single day and, you know, I think it's a great dish, so I think it's going to win. I think some people will do that. Um, there is a little, I don't want to call it dishonesty because Southeast Food Mine will supply you with meat. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily what you always use, Yeah, but there's a huge cost in doing these events. So, right. I mean, you're trying to stay true to your, your brand. But, you know, it does change a little bit. Are you allowed to bring your own meat if you choose to? You can. You can. And how many people are you told to prep for more or less, just out of curiosity? They tell you to prep for 1,500 people. 1,500 people. So I think there's 25 to 30 competitors. There's 4,000 people coming. It's a lot. After like seven burgers, you're done. So Yeah, meat sweats all day. Yeah. Now for swine and wine, what, what's, what are you going to do for that? Uh, swine and wine, I'm taking this giant 600-pound smoker down to the Biltmore, and I'm loading it with peach wood and pecan wood, and I'm going to be smoking there all day. Every girl's hair is going to smell like smoke at the end of the night. <laughs> and uh, we do uh, some cornbread and some pulled pork and uh, some kind of Latin twist for the sauce. Now, we're, we're you know, the rest, you got the competition coming. You got um, the restaurant about to open. Where do you see yourself in the next maybe five to ten years? Um, there'll probably be at least one heart attack along the way. <laughs> um, and after that, I mean, ho- hopefully a couple smaller places here and there. Explore some places that really don't have a lot of good food. Where, where are some places that you'd like to dine at in Miami, like when you get an, an off night or something? See, for me, though, it's, it's all about where the kids can go and, like, tear shit up and, like, me not feel bad about it. Okay. So, you know, the courtyard at Miss Cheesy's is always good or just something simple next to the house, BJ's Brew House. Like, for me to go past the Gables is really, like, you know, a huge ordeal. Mm-hmm. If I have to drive 45 minutes, an hour to get there, find somebody to babysit four kids, which is not an easy task. I mean, I have one, and I have a hard time. So that's why I was like, praise to you. You have four. So Well, I mean, at least you're still playing You're still playing a zone defense. I'm playing <laughs> zone the other way. <laughs> Switching gears for a second, is there a food trend you just wish would go away? Farm to table, local sustainable. Like, it's just it's so misused. Like, everything came from a farm. Yeah. And we're in Florida. Like, it could be the worst state in the union for crops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you see how hot it gets in the summer. So in the summer, nothing grows here. So what are you serving if you're still – like, I like I like the idea of it, but to do that year-round, you're just lying to everybody. There's no way. Did you ever own a food truck or had your concept on a food truck? No. 
we are using, and we have been using for the last few months, a temporary kitchen mm-hmm. at the brewery while they build mine, uh, which is basically a food trailer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, tons of credit to the guys who can do that. I, I don't ever want to do it again. <laughs> so if you go to the brewery now, you can get some of the bites you eat, you, you serve? Yes, you can. And we run it just like a restaurant. You go inside, you order, server puts it in, server brings you your food. You never go outside, stand in line. We're not trying to do that. And you got burgers and all, all kinds of things. Burgers and briskets and pork and all kinds of fat guy food. Fat guy, I love fat guy food. I mean, I didn't get this belly for nothing. And you have this burger on the menu that a good friend of the show's Burger Beast, named Top 25 Burgers, right? It's Guava Manchego. Uh, it's our special blend. That one took, like, months to figure out. Um, <laughs> and it's just really good meat, good cheese, guava, and a brioche bun. It just sounds so amazing. I need to picture it in my head. I need to have it as soon as I possibly can. And you're a pretty busy guy, right? Burger Bash competition, you got Swan and Wine, you got a restaurant on the horizon, and you're competing at Hamburger House Party, which I am judging now. Are you going to do a burger you already have on the menu, one you've created before, or you're just going to change it up completely and give the people something totally new and amazing? We did a play on one of my burgers last year. I think we're going to change it up a lot this year, though. Um, well, you said you were close last year. We were close. We'll still use the same meat, but I think we'll do a couple of things to attract some people more to our table. I think it was 20 or 25 burgers, and you start at one end of the room. By the time you get halfway through, you're done, and mm-hmm. they kill you with some sweets in between. So the idea is to get them to come to us first. Got it. Smart. Well, I kind of feel like you got three competitions. You're going to be bound to win one. Knock on wood. Let's hope so. <laughs> There's no wood here. Well, Richard, thank you so much for coming on the show. Truly appreciate it. Best of luck to you. Burger Bash this week, Swine and Wine. And, of course, I will see you at the Hamburger House Party and looking forward to the Twisted Pork Kitchen. Appreciate it. Thank you. And a big thanks to Chef Richard Placentia, a.k.a. The Ravenous Chef, for coming on the show. Make sure you give him a follow. His food is amazing. At The Ravenous Chef on Instagram. And if you're in the Miami area, make sure you check out the Twisted Fork Kitchen at the Tank Brewing Company in Miami. So what do you say? Let's do some food news. Now, if you love everything about the Museum of Ice Cream, you're going to love everything about the first ever Museum of Candy, which is opening up in the summer in New York City. Now, the Museum of Candy is being created by Sugar Factory and will be a 30,000 square foot space with the largest gummy bears on earth. They're going to have make-your-own-candy stations, life-size candy displays, a gum drop room, and a candy cane fashion show. It sounds so amazing. And after the New York opens, they're planning to open two more locations. They've only announced one of those, and that is Los Angeles. So, Sugar Factory, if you're listening, you got restaurants down here in Miami. Make sure you open up the Museum of Candy down here in Miami. Now, if you love Bailey's, you'll be happy to know that peanut butter Bailey's now exists. Now, fine. It's not really Bailey's, but it's M&S's chocolate and peanut butter flavor liqueur made with fresh dairy Irish cream. This is only available in the UK right now, but if you still want to try it, you can get yourself a case of six bottles. It's going to cost you about 48 pounds, which is roughly 68 US dollars. Now, you may remember sliced soda, right? Well, it's coming back with a twist. Now, they plan to turn the soda into a lower sugar, lower calorie drink, and it's going to be a little sweeter than your normal flavored water. Now, the initial flavors will include grapefruit, berry, and lemon lime. Now, the Happy Meal menu at your local McDonald's is about to change, and I honestly think for the better. 
They announced that by 2022, they will offer more balanced Happy Meals in 120 different markets around the world. That means at least half of the Happy Meals on menus will be under 600 calories, which is amazing. Now, right here in the U.S., by June, McDonald's promises to limit the menu to a hamburger, four-piece chicken nuggets, and a six-piece chicken McNugget. Now, they'll only include a cheeseburger if a customer requests it, and they'll also replace the small fries with a kid-sized fries in the six-piece McNugget meal. Now, the James Beard Foundation has released its list of the semifinalists for the 2018 Restaurant and Chef Awards in Miami is nominated, and it had six nominations this year, while the state got a total of 10. Now in Miami, Coral Gables Palm Dior was nominated for Outstanding Service. The Forge was nominated for Outstanding Wine Program. Zach the Baker was nominated in the Outstanding Baker category, while Janine Booth from Stiltville Fish Bar was nominated for Rising Star Chef of the Year. Brad Kilgore got nominated for Alter, along with Gee Indian Kitchen's Chef Nevin Patel. A big congrats to all the nominees, and I hope Miami gets shown some love this year. The finalists, the list of the finalists will be announced on March 14th, with the winners being announced on May 17th. Now, before we jump into the food porn of the week and the cocktail of the week, how about we talk some South Beach Wine and Food Festival. Now, the Food Network and Cooking Channel South Beach Wine and Food Festival is here. It kicks off this week, depending on when you're listening to the episode Kicks off tomorrow, Wednesday, February 21st through the 25th down here in beautiful Miami. And, of course, in Fort Lauderdale, they've expanded some events to Fort Lauderdale. There's more than 90 events happening this week. Some of the events, and you can get this full list on the website now, thefoodie.com, Italian Bites on the Beach, the Heineken Light Burger Bash, the Goya Foods Grand Tasting Village, happening both Saturday and Sunday, the Bacardi Beach Party, the Beachside Barbecue, Tacos After Dark, Taste of Aloha, Art of Tiki Cocktail Showdown, Midnight Munchies, and there's so many more. There's literally an event for everybody, something for everybody, for the kids, for your family. It's a great time. It's a great weekend. And if you're attending some tips that I've gone and I've gotten over the years, get there on time. If they say the event starts at 7 p.m., it starts on time and ends on time. Ladies, I know my ladies down here in Miami don't. Don't wear heels to the beach. Bring comfy shoes. And most importantly, get home safe. No drinking and driving. Use any car sharing services that you love. Use them. Get there safe and have an amazing time. Now, a few weeks ago, uh, I had the founder of the South Beach Wine and Food Festival, Lee Schrager, on the show to talk everything South Beach Wine and Food Festival. Here's what he said about this year's festival. Now, what's one thing that you're looking forward to most this year? The Bobby Flay tribute dinner. Okay. Uh, just, you know, uh, you know, Bobby's not a, a really, uh, Bobby doesn't like any social accolades. So to get Bobby to do this uh, <laughs> was a big deal. It's an amazing lineup, you know, from Michael Voltaggio and Michael Simon and Morimoto and Giada De Laurentiis and Alex Garnaschelli and uh, yeah, Mark Vetri. We have an extraordinary lineup of talent uh, there and some great wines. We're also honoring uh, Michael uh, Clark from Treasury Wine Estate. So every year we honor a wine industry uh, professional and a chef. Oh, that's awesome. It's, it's a great lineup this year. Sold out dinner, 700 people, and uh, a late night event called Sweet Moves following mm-hmm. it that Bobby is hosting with his daughter, Sophie Flay, uh, oh, cool. at the Lowe's. All proceeds do go to FIU, the, the School of Tourism, right? Uh, this is our 18th year. We've raised uh, over $27 million for the Incredible. Chaplain School of Hospitality and Tourism Management at FIU. So it's a 100% not-for-profit uh, event, and uh, 
you know, just like our sister festival in New York, Southern Glazers believes in giving back to the community. incredible. We do business in and uh, happy to be supporting uh, the next generation of leaders in our uh, city. Now, I also asked them if someone's never been to the festival and you're looking for that event to kind of bring yourself in, get to know what this is like. What's the one event that you need to check out? The Grand Taste. The Grand Taste. I think the Grand Tasting on the weekend is the best value. You can spend literally from 11 a.m. till All day. 6 p.m., 7 p.m., whatever the hours are, and go to culinary demos and see your favorite Food Network personalities, Bobby, Giada, Tyler Florence, Michael Simon, whoever, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Alex Varnaschelli, Katie Lee, watch their culinary demos or go and eat and drink from hundreds of uh, suppliers and exhibitors sampling wine, food, uh, and spirits. And on Sunday, you guys added the David Grutman experience. Right. This year, he'll be doing a local experience on Saturday, the Dave Grutman experience with mm-hmm. local music. And on Sunday, he's bringing in DJ Alesso from the uh, Swedish Mafia or Swedish Fish Swedish Band. House Mafia. Swedish House, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited to have Alessio here. Of course, if you're in the area or you're coming to the festival, I hope to see each and every one of you guys on the beach later this week. Now the food port of the week. This week coming to us from at Fluent in Food. That is at Fluent underscore in underscore food. And this is a tag, people. Like I said, you can tag me each and every week at the Foodie on Instagram. They tagged me, and it is an epic spread from Boss Burger and Brew. Down in Miami, it's all the fields. They got uh, dirty fries with chorizo, a pair of iso with sweet potato fries, and Benny with onion rings. It's cray-cray. And if you haven't been to Boss Burger and Brew, make it happen soon. See it for yourself. I just reposted it on Instagram at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E, the foodie without the I. And, of course, if you have some food porn, feel free to tag me, just like at Fluent in Food did. And make sure you give them a follow and tag me with some more Food porn. Now, the cocktail of the week brought to you by our friends over at Spirited Miami. At Spirited Miami, make sure you give them a follow as well. And this week, it's a cocktail called Here's Johnny. And you can find Here's Johnny at Racket in Wynwood. It's this dope bar just opened. It's amazing. Now, the cocktail has a Johnny Walker Black, Tawny Port, Blackberry Syrup, a Creme de Cassis. I hope I didn't butcher that, and some lemon. It sounds absolutely amazing. A beautiful drink. See the photo for yourself on our Instagram at the foodie. And of course, if you want it, make sure you check out Racket in Wynwood. And the cocktail is called Here's Johnny. And a big thank you to our friends over at Spirit in Miami for the cocktail of the week. And that's going to wrap up the show. That's going to wrap up episode number 19. Thank you guys for listening. I truly appreciate it. You can listen, subscribe, download wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. It's up there for you, and if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, if you leave a review, that would be amazing. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TheFoodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Got an amazing website, TheFoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com, or TheFoodie.com without the I. Again, I hope you guys have an amazing week. If you're coming down to the South Beach Wine and Food Festival, have an amazing South Beach Wine and Food Festival week. I hope to see you guys on the sand, and don't forget, we're coming back next week for another episode of WTF Where's the Food. My name is Nick, and always remember to hashtag never stop eating. 